How often do you stop to ponder the rhythms of your day? When was the last time you took stock of your patterns and habits and analyzed them for spiritual fruit? If it's been a while, or if you haven't ever done that, maybe it's time. In our society, it can be challenging to intentionally stop and look at what exactly is filling our days and analyze it for fruitfulness. At least in the U.S., we see busyness as a measuring stick of productivity. We wear it like a badge of honor. I'm just here wondering, what if we focus less on busyness for busyness sake and more on holiness and sanctification? What would that look like? What patterns and habits would need to be adjusted or removed? What would it look like to actively chase after Jesus day after day in search of more of him? I'm not talking about going through the Christian motions we engage in when we're complacent. I'm talking about deep, intentional rhythms of living that foster growth and changes from the inside out. Because here's the truth. We can't sit back, live each day the same exact way, and go through the motions and then expect one day to be a hugely different person. While no, our salvation is not dependent on our works, our faith should be a catalyst for good works. Our faith should push us to put things into practice that will help us develop a deeper level of faith than we could have ever imagined so that we can then share that faith with others. Ephesians 2, 8-10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not by your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what does it look like to move beyond the surface-level motions and grow deeper in faith and closer to Jesus? What does it look like to create intentional patterns of living that encourage continued growth as a follower of Christ? Well, let's look to Jesus, our perfect example, and discuss some of the spiritual disciplines he made a habit of practicing. Welcome to Loved and Made Worthy. My name is Erica, and this is a podcast about embracing our God-given purpose and letting go of perfectionism, people-pleasing, and overachieving. If you want a deeper relationship with Jesus and are ready to ditch the labels that God never gave you, this is for you. Listen in as we journey with God to find out who He is, what that means for our life, and ultimately, who He created us to be. I want to start by saying that in some seasons of life, going through the motions is all we're capable of. During these times, going to church here and there and occasionally reading from our Bible is a great sacrifice because we're just trying to survive. If you're in that season, you're not alone. There's no shame or guilt. You are so deeply loved and known and seen. I just want to encourage you to hang on because this season won't last forever. No matter what lies the enemy whispers, you will come out on the other side and you will thrive again. I also want to say that around here, we don't put God in a box. His word alone can absolutely change a person from the inside out. It is wholly transformational and powerful and limitless. However, for those of us who have been followers of Christ for many years, complacency is a real issue. It can sneak in and stick around and we don't even know it. Before long, we're looking back at the last two, five, ten years, and we're in the same place or maybe even a few steps back from where we started. And that's the heart of this episode. 
or rather episodes. It's going to be a two-parter because there's just too much meat to fit into one. So let's talk about shaking off the complacency that so often comes with time. Let's talk about getting a little uncomfortable in the name of growth. Let's talk about intentionally seeking Jesus in the way that he modeled for us. Some of the most common symbolism in the Bible is around that of soil and plants. You have the parable of the sower, the parable of the weeds, and the parables of the mustard seed and yeast, all in Matthew chapter 13 alone. The fruit of the Spirit is in Galatians 5. In John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. This is just a tiny, tiny selection of scripture that references soil, plants, or fruit throughout the Bible, but it's obvious that God finds this imagery important to our spiritual walk. Now, we know that plants require good soil, regular watering, and sunlight for growth. This is the bare minimum. Plants will definitely grow in these conditions, but there is always another level of care that could be given. If we go to that level, we might talk about soil pH levels and minerals. Maybe we'll talk about pruning. The point is that growth takes work. It takes discipline. It's about habits and patterns that create an environment fit for growth. And oftentimes that growth is painful. It requires pruning and the removal of distractions that might drain our energy in the wrong places. These distractions might be habits and patterns of living, a job, a person, a lifestyle, a beloved pastime, anything that might take our focus off Jesus and hold us back from growth. And while this process is what's best for us, man, it can be heart-wrenching. It might also be confusing because maybe God decides to take something we thought was good for us, but our definition of good and his don't always align, and because he loves us so incredibly much, he refuses to leave us where we are. So how do we intentionally create an environment fit for growth? We engage in spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are behaviors that enable us to grow and spiritually mature. Let's talk about some that Jesus took part in regularly, creating a model for us to follow. If it's important to Jesus, it should be important to us. We're going to talk about two disciplines in this episode, and we'll discuss more in part two. The first one we're going to talk about is prayer. Jesus made a habit of praying. In Luke 6.12, it says, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. Matthew 26.39 says, And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Hebrews 5.7 tells us, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Jesus even gives us a model for prayer in Matthew 6, and in Ephesians 6.18, we're told that prayer is a vital piece of our spiritual armor. Prayer is our connection to God and should not be an afterthought or a mindless interaction. It is how we approach the throne of the king of the universe. What's beautiful about this is that because God is relational and we are his children, these prayers don't have to be stiff and formal. We get to have a conversation with him. We get to tell him about our day and give him all of our worries and let him counsel us through hard stuff. We get to pray all kinds of prayers, but we must pray in order to grow. 
The second spiritual discipline Jesus engaged in is fasting. In both Matthew 4 and Luke 4, we're given detailed accounts of Jesus being led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, fasting for 40 days, and then being tempted by the devil. Can you imagine being isolated without food for 40 days? The end of Luke 4.2 says, And he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. I don't imagine hungry can really capture what Jesus was feeling at this time. He must have been so incredibly weak and tired. He probably lost a lot of weight. 40 days is a really, really long time, but because God is who he is, that 40 days had a purpose. I have a book called You Can Count On It, God's Design Through Numbers by Eli Borden. He's a Bible professor and scholar, and it explains how God uses numbers throughout scripture. This is what it says about the number 40. The best way to understand any number after the number 10 is to see how the number is composed. The number 40 is derived by multiplying 4, the number of the world, times 10, totality. When 40s are used, the meaning seems to be connected with a struggle against worldliness. Often, it is a total separation from the world. So the number 4 represents the world or worldliness, and the number 10 represents totality. God sent the flood rains for 40 days. Israel wandered for 40 years. God gave Nineveh 40 days to repent from their ways, and Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. In all instances, God's people were separated from the rest of the world. Matthew 6, 16 through 18 says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This gives us some direction on fasting, but there's something else there that I want to point out. It doesn't say if you fast. It says when you fast. This is a really important distinction to make. Fasting is expected of us. And while we don't have to fast for 40 days, perhaps we should keep in mind how Jesus engaged in fasting through total separation from worldliness so that he was prepared for the fight against the devil. This small section of this episode doesn't really do the practice of fasting justice. We'll talk more about it at a later time, but for now, it's important to recognize that fasting is integral to our growth as followers in Christ. Now, there are a few other spiritual disciplines we're going to talk about in the next episode, but for now, I encourage you to analyze your patterns of living. Where does prayer fit in? Where does fasting fit in? Or where should we build our life around the two? And listen, there is nothing wrong with making small, sustainable changes to establish habits. I'm not at all saying you need to make all of these changes right now. But maybe let's start with one. Let's approach God and ask him to put one on our hearts. And then we'll take that one and just start. It can be that simple. When we intentionally engage in spiritual disciplines and make them part of our daily rhythms, we grow deeper in faith and closer to Jesus, which is the whole reason we're here. I'll see you soon for part two. 
I hope today's episode blessed your spiritual walk and brought you just a little bit closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. I love to hear how God is using this in your life. And if you'd like to connect, be sure to join the Loved and Made Worthy Facebook group. I would love to see you there. Now, as we go our separate ways, I just want to remind you of three things. You are seen, you are loved, and you are made worthy in Jesus. I'll see you next time.